This short code podcast is a proud member of the MedEd Media Network. Inspiration, information, and guidance on your journey to medical school and beyond at MedEdMedia.com. Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the short code podcast. Weird news, fresh views, helpful clues, and interviews by students for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcoat.com. Welcome back to the Short Coat Podcast, a production of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. I'm Dave Etler. That's not important because before we begin, our show today is sponsored by Pattern Life. More about them later on, but let's get into it with my co-hosts, the magical crew. Uh, we have today with us... <laughs> I didn't write any of this down. Who do we, we have? We have? <laughs> we have today we have with us Kenzie McKnight. Hello. Miranda Skeen is here with us. Hello. Maggie Jakubiak is here. Hi. And Brandon Bacalzo returns. Hey, Dave. Uh, Marguerite, Maggie. Yep. As, as they say. Uh, first time on the show. I actually went on once, like at the very beginning of the year, and then med and school I, and I forgotten? laziness got the best of me, and I have not been back. I forgot that you were on the show? I'm a, I'm, it was it was a long time ago. I forgive you. I'm a Ooh, awkward. I'm a trash person. <laughs> well, welcome. Yes, you are. Welcome I'm back. I'm glad we all realize that now. I'm so glad to have you back. Also, glad happy birthday, Dave. Well, thank you. Yeah, happy yeah. birthday. My yeah. Dave is the big, what is it, 5 0 today? 5 0. A big old Ooh. round of applause yes. for Dave. Yes. I'm sure tonight we'll, we'll go out to dinner and. In a restaurant, go to a go to a bar and have some drinks and maybe do some dancing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All that uh, will happen. Uh, yeah, you know, Dave, I've will. been going out lately. It's been to uh, Casa Nuestro. <laughs> the Spanish translation being my house. Isn't that our house? Our house. That our be house. Okay. Uh, Don't think about it too much. <laughs> How, how have you been? How have you been coping? How's it going? You guys had a test today. Yep. You, the M1s did. The M1s did. Quite rough. Yeah. It was very rough. Yeah. Um, MOHD3 is rough. Mechanisms of Health and Disease 3. And it was oh, oh, it, shout was, out. I think some of the M2s actually had a shelf today. Like I think internal med or PED shelf was today. That might explain mm -hmm. why there's people in the building. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I know that there is at least one or two shelf exams happening. So shout out to those people. They're doing some, <laughs> they're doing some stuff. Not you though, Miranda. Nope. Mine is not for another couple weeks. So, right. and I'm taking them back to back, which will be fun. That's fun. <laughs> um, and, and, and anyway, how are you, how are you coping with being at home guys? Just a little um, quick update. I've been needlessly spending on things that I've long since wanted in my home. So I recently got some patio furniture. Hey, um, that is nice. so adult of you. I know, right? I was sending some images to my friends and they're like, you're such a grandpa now. <laughs> and I realized that they're right. When you get excited over having patio furniture, yeah. I think I think there's a certain part of your youth that dies, and that's okay. I don't know. I think yeah. it's a brilliant purchase, and this may be coming from my 50 year old brain, but I think it is a brilliant purchase because what else are you gonna? I mean, it's spring. The only mm -hmm. thing you can do is go outside. You can't like go outside and do things. So going mm -hmm. outside and sitting on your porch or your your deck or whatever outdoor space you have available to you is like it's 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 genius you got to do it absolutely I but mean, that's how i've been mostly spending it and then 
I've been also reconnecting with some with some old pals and playing some online video games that I haven't quite had the time for before. Nice. So nice. all in all, doing okay. Feeling surprisingly insulated from all that's going on outside. Yeah. Nice. That's yeah, cool. I've been doing similar things, playing some video games, online shopping. I also what? buy mostly home goods things. So oh, makes sense. What whatever what was your favorite purchase, do you think? Oh I don't really have a favorite. None of them were big. I just bought a shower curtain that's really cool. Nice. So nice. <laughs> uh Maggie, what what have you bought? I have not been getting on this online shopping train, but I've been playing a lot of Jackbox. Uh, it's like an oh, oh yeah, that's yes, fun. yeah, like I online virtual games with friends and family, and going on lots of walks outside. If this happened in winter, I think it would be oh, that'd a whole be another story. But yeah, getting outside is definitely. I discovered I I discovered grace. I need to do more of that because. I was here at work walking around doing things yesterday and my knees hurt. And I'm like, why? Why are my knees hurt? Uh, and it's because... Your body knew that you were about to turn 50, Dave, and it was giving you a little preview. <laughs> no, because I haven't been moving. I've been sitting at my desk all day. Even my watch is taking to nagging me. Get up, move. Uh, have you bought anything, Miranda? I actually, I bought an exercise bike that I've been meaning to buy for like two months. Is it, and a, Pel then... is it a Peloton? It is not a Peloton because I do not have the money for a Peloton. <laughs> it's like the the cheapest nice one I could find, if that makes any sense. All right. You know, I've been hearing a lot about these Peloton bikes. What's so nice about them? Their I'm price. not completely their sure. Price, I think it's their price. Like it's so <laughs> absurdly high that it's, it's a like status symbol. It's like you're in a workout class, but you're not there in person. I think that's like the shtick of it is like mm. they have scheduled classes and actual people that are directing you through and it's kind of the same. It gives you a similar environment. Um, I see. Hmm. I will say in defense of Peloton, I have actually been doing a bunch of their like non-bike stuff. So they have like strength classes and cardio classes and stuff. And those are actually have been fun. It's like, it turns out the thing I don't like about workout classes is being seen by other people. Mm -hmm. So it's like mm -hmm. all the good parts of workout classes <laughs> and I just no public shaming. It's lovely. Nice. Nice. Well, uh, clearly given the state of my knees today after just walking around, I, um, I clearly need to do some, some workouts. So. Do some yoga. I'm gonna do something. <laughs> it's, it's, it's getting sad. Hey, we've got oh. a listener. We've got a listener question from uh, from an anonymous listener who, for no reason at all, I will call Noodles. <laughs> uh, just I don't know. I just liked it. Who is considering applying? Are they a cat? <laughs> well, I know. Uh, oh shit! Don't do this to me. Oh no. Okay, I'm not gonna click that button. Dear God. Mac OS updates required. Oh, no. <laughs> I, have oh, no. I have deferred the maximum number of times. <laughs> God damn it. All right. Hopefully we'll get through this. All right. Here we go. Let me try to do this. I am applying to medical school this May and have had lots of time recently to work on my application. I am applying to my in-state medical schools, but I am also applying to many out-of-state schools, including Carver College of Medicine. Woot, woot. I was wondering what the adjustment to a new school, city, and state was like for out-of-state students. Were there any big advantages or disadvantages you noticed when going out-of-state for medical school besides the cost differences? I enjoy your show and look forward to listening every week. 
I don't know that we have any out-of-state students. Oh, yes, we do. Me? Brandon. Brandon, yes, Wisconsin. Yes, I am as well. I am. Oh, good. So I'm, I'm, the, I'm, I'm the only in-stater. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know for sure. I couldn't remember. Uh, so, yeah, what do you think? I like going mm. out of state personally. Why? I, I don't know. I just like kind of being independent. Like, I think I'm the kind of person that if I wasn't shoved out the door, I would never do things for myself. Mm. It's like I went out of state for both undergrad and med school. And it was nice because it forced me to actually like build a hole for myself, like a home for myself, which mm -hmm. was nice. I thought that was an advantage. Yeah, I think I the adjustment kind of depends on where you come from. Uh, like I'm from Minnesota and Midwest is Midwest to some extent. Like I'm used to the winter, but my roommate's from California and it was a big bigger adjustment to her um in some ways and the ability of you to like travel back and forth uh to home is also a factor yeah i definitely think it depends on where you're coming from i came from another um big 10 university in wisconsin and um i think there's when you're coming from uh, a region of similar size similar population um it can be refreshing more so than anything else. I think that there's plenty of room to find similarities and just enough difference to sort of keep you on your toes and keep you refreshed. And like you were saying, Miranda, sort of eke out your own existence in your own home in, in a new setting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I will say, I don't know if any of us have experience with going from like a small town to a big city or vice versa. It's like, like I think, what I'm hearing is that most of us came, like I came from a medium city to a smaller city. So that was not too big of an adjustment. It was just like, okay, it's slightly scaled down and there's no big buildings. Like, okay. But I have a distinct feeling that going the opposite way would be a lot more disconcerting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think there's anyone here that can really talk about, I mean, I came from a smaller town and then sort of ramped up for university. I, I'm not sure what it must be like if you're considering, you know, medical school in, in New York city or something like that. <laughs> I like visited Philadelphia once and I got so claustrophobic. I was like, nope. <laughs> I used to live in New York and um, uh, in Brooklyn and worked in Manhattan wow. in Times Square. And uh, I only did it for a year and a half. And then I was like, nope, nobody, nope, nope. <laughs> I am not this person. I'm not this kind of person. I can't do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't um, think I could either. No, I feel that. Um, but I will say that when I, you know, so been a long time but you know 19 years ago or 18 years ago moving from massachusetts to iowa was very interesting to me it was a lot of fun i think in many ways um just exploring a new environment and being in a new place and figuring out like you know how things are done here and and what grocery store to go to and what coffee mm -hmm. shops were good and and yeah. all that kind of thing was um was actually a, a lot of fun Oh. Yeah, I think I might just be biased, but I it certainly seems on its face that going from a large city to a smaller one seems to be a little bit more relaxing and less stress inducing than the than the opposite. Some people thrive on but my my wife uh, grew up in Boston and sometimes she likes to sometimes she she misses crowds, which mm. I mean. I, I haven't heard her say that lately, oddly, but <laughs> but uh, sometimes she misses crowds and she will just go downtown to the Ped Mall uh, in the summer and just hang out there because there are people uh, there. And uh, not that, you know, I mean, I don't know, living out in, in a neighborhood in Iowa City, it's it's kind of it's kind of quiet. Yeah, it is. Um, 
but yeah, going down to she gets to simulate that experience of being, you know, hemmed in by a crowd. I think it's horrible. <laughs> Not interested in that. Yeah. How is adjusting think, to? Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I, I, I'm just to finish my thoughts. I think the main takeaway uh, is that you know, I think for a lot of us, breaking um, breaking previous habits by that forced. Uh, forced relocation is is probably the biggest advantage of, of translocating yourself. Mm-hmm. How was adjusting to uh, the College of Medicine? Um, it's an interesting question. I'm not so sure that it was any different from anyone else. Um, from well, I mean, maybe if if they've gone to the University of Iowa before, but I think we've had enough exposure, especially if you attended Second Look Day. You, you get enough exposure to be to be vaguely comfortable with the grounds, vaguely comfortable enough to be comfortable with the people as well. Yeah, poor poor noodles probably didn't get a second look day at least. Uh, oh, yeah. at least oh, other yeah. than at yeah. least other than uh, virtually. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. But my feeling is that, and I don't know how other medical schools do it, but at least when I came here, there was so much like orientation and making sure like, here's where you go for this. Here's where to go for this. That like almost by the time med school started, I was already like, yeah, I I got this. I know all this. So I, mm-hmm. I think most schools end up doing that where they really make sure that you know what's going on because they don't, I mean, they don't want it to be a rough adjustment either because that just, it makes everyone look bad. So I don't think no. you ever stop adjusting in med school. It's kind of like all. <laughs> That's okay. true. You got me there. <laughs> well, how was it? How was it adjusting to med school if you're still in state to hear the opposite side of the coin? Because we've all been pitching out of state. So, I mean, I went to the University of Iowa for undergrad too. So I had been around the med school a lot, uh, doing research. Um, so I kind of knew what to expect. It kind, it wasn't that big of adjustment, just having to balance my time better. That's the only big adjustment I'd say. Mm -hmm. Um, How was the novelty factor for you? Did it seem still kind of fresh or was it like, yeah, I've been here before. So my brain isn't as, you know, focused or what, what is it? Um, I mean, it was kind of fresh because it's like a new group of people you're with a new routine. Cause like I, had taken a gap year to do research. So it was like completely different because I'm going back to school and stuff and like being on the opposite side of the river all the time when in undergrad I was on, you know, the east side. So it was a little bit, you know, different, a nice change. I like it. Yeah, I should explain that uh, here at the University of Iowa, there is a river that runs through the university. And, and for some reason, there's one side, there's, there's for, for, for any given uh, person at the university, there's this side of the river and the other side of the river. <laughs> it's a natural form of segregation. Yep. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, often never the twain shall meet uh, for some reason, <laughs> but whether it's administratively or or as a student, you know, although, you know, some students live on this side of the river. Uh, I don't know. It just it yeah. definitely seems like there's this divide. Well, there is definitely a tone shift if you move from one side to the other. Like I've noticed, which is more, which is, yeah. which is more fun? Who's more fun? What's more yeah. fun? I feel like the other side is probably the east side. side. They've got all the yeah. bars. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's where all the undergrads live, and they party yeah, all the time, constantly. <laughs> it's a great place to go, not a great place to live. Yes. Yeah, I don't. I didn't. Yeah, I Much lived like over there. I didn't care for it. <laughs> Kenzie, did you uh, did you party uh, as an undergrad? <laughs> Oh, yeah, of course. You did? Yeah. Ha! Caught you. <laughs> you seem so quiet. 
I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have said. You know, Kenzie was outraging. I, yeah, I mean, I wasn't raging. I wasn't like going to frat parties and stuff. I was, you know, minor house parties. Okay. Yeah, stuff like that. All right. Uh, what was your favorite hangout? I went to Brothers Bar a lot. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. A classic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right now, I like Joe's though. Mm. That's kind of like Brothers is more undergrad. Joe's is more graduate. I have so. noticed that. Where yeah. I love college towns, but there's a very clear division of like, this mm-hmm. is the grad student bar, this is the med student bar, and this yep. is the undergrad yeah. bar. Age, <laughs> age is, what is it? Age is inversely correlated with the loudness of the music. I cannot so do that. I can't get, do this right now. <laughs> uh-huh. the, the, the older you get, the less you want the music to intrude on your on your conversation. That's fair. Um, what were your when you arrived in Iowa City, guys, what were the things that you found to do outside of like what what did you were there places that you went uh, out in nature or to hike or whatever that you found yourself going to? I haven't found many great nature spots until recently, uh, having just decided to drive to places and just walk until I got bored. Um, I think most of it was just checking out local restaurants and trying to find a new place every week. And I live near Stella, and that was a, a great a great first exposure to, to the great restaurants I was City I has. love Stella. So good. What, what have you found recently in your wanderings? Uh, I I believe there's a, a trail on Mormon Trek that kind of leads back close to the hospital. Oh yeah, I've been meaning um, to check that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that as right well. by where I live, um, and in Aspire, and I walked from on that path like all the way to the mall and the Coral Ridge Mall, and that's a mm-hmm. good one. That's a, that's a good path. Yeah, yeah. That, it's also, a really good biking trail. Yeah. I also yeah. have fits of going on like Zillow and Trulia and looking at houses that I can afford eventually one day, maybe. So walking in in nicer neighborhoods and just looking at houses and being like, yeah, I like that. Or, yeah, I don't like that. That's an ugly yellow mustard color uh-huh. is equally as stimulating to me as nature. <laughs> A transformation into a, an adult is complete. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you have the, the you have the patio furniture. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, like one of my favorite outdoor places. Like I lived for a summer in an apartment really close to the river when I first got here, and it was like less than a mile to Cher- Terry Trueblood, which is now one of my favorite places. It's basically just a big loop around a giant lake, and it's got a bunch of you know prairie sort of setups and a big gazebo and it's just really nice i've recently discovered this mountain biking trail kind of out um in coralville and they have like a skills course too so they have like little ramps and like bridges and stuff like that so that's really fun oh that sounds awesome i think it's pretty new yeah Ah, oh, i wish i had a mountain bike <laughs> <laughs> i have a hybrid bike so it doesn't work the greatest but it's i was gonna say i'm too scared better to than do, a road bike <laughs> yeah i'm too scared to do like anything dirt involving dirt on even like a hybrid bike i'm a chicken i don't do that. <laughs> fall in too many times i'm scared <laughs> if you uh if you do decide to go i'll i'd like to come and bring my camera <laughs> <laughs> i'll be sure to keep you in the loop right. uh yeah so noodles um best of luck making your decision on where to go i hope that you end up here yeah um, i think uh i think iowa city has a lot to offer um 
it's a really nice college town. I don't know. I don't want to sell it too hard. You know, you. Got your- <laughs> I mean, you got- I loved it so much in undergrad that I stayed. I so this is like mm-hmm. my favorite place I've lived, quite frankly. Uh, but uh, wherever you end up, you know, go into it with a uh, with an attitude of exploration and and uh, and I think you'll just really. I think you, no matter where you end up, you'll just enjoy yourself. There's 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 just a whole there's a whole world out there beyond your. Yeah, and you know, at the end of the day, you need to go where feels good to you. Yeah. Like if a place feels. Like, yes, this feels right. It doesn't have to be intellectual and like, ah, they've analyzed the pros and cons. It just be, yeah, this feels right. This feels like home. So, mm-hmm. and no matter where you go, it's all going to be new. So, true. And it's all going to be closed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just bring it back around. <laughs> Thanks, Brandon. Way to, You're welcome. <laughs> way to, uh, to in- inject some reality into that discussion. Uh, you guys, uh, I need to uh, give a shout out to our sponsor. Uh, Woo. Pattern Life. Shopping for disability insurance is complicated and it takes too much time to research and understand. Wouldn't you agree, Miranda? Yes. Do you have disability insurance? That's a I personal do question. Don't answer that question. <laughs> oh, that's I just personal. It. <laughs> the good people at Pattern simplify disability insurance for busy doctors so that they feel confident they have the right policy and that their income is protected. They do this with a simple online process that enables you to request quotes, compare your options, and buy risk-free now is the best time to explore training discounts for young doctors uh, like like you will soon be uh, get started today by requesting your free quotes at patternlife.com partner slash short coat again that's, that's a great opportunity patternlife.com partner slash short coat sorry I interrupted i thought you were done no that's that's fine <laughs> that's fine what a great opportunity i'm gonna go get a quote right now bye i uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I once got very sick and could have used disability insurance. Now I won't go without it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so, uh, it's very I think important. it's, it's very important, especially for a lot of, um, uh, specialties where you work with your hands as well. Yep. Oh yeah. Yep. So thanks, uh, pattern life for the sponsorship and, uh, and listeners, uh, please go and check them out. Uh, that would be great. All right, here's an NPR story of a Texas nursing home medical director who's decided it's a good idea to do what he's calling an observational study of the anti-malarial drug hydroxychloroquine on his Mm. elderly patients with COVID-19. The Houston facility has been the center of an outbreak in which, uh, well, at the time I wrote this, which was like a week ago, um, 87 residents and staff members uh, had tested positive for the virus, which was brought in by an asymptomatic staffer who later tested positive. Dr. Armstrong being alarmed, Dr. Robin Armstrong was alarmed, so he decided that he couldn't just do nothing, so he used his connections as a GOP National Committee member to get a supply of the drug from donations made by one of its manufacturers. Uh, Armstrong says, the overwhelming majority are awake and alert and can actually have a conversation, although some suffer from dementia. He admits that he didn't get consent in some cases because, quote, it's not required. He says it's common for doctors to prescribe new medications without discussing it with the patient or family members. Uh, From my perspective, he said, it's irresponsible to sit back and do nothing. The alternative would have been much, much worse. Plus, he says that hydroxychloroquine has virtually no side effects. And except for nausea, vomiting, loss of appetite, diarrhea, dizziness, headaches, slow heartbeat, shortness of breath, swelling ankles, feet, unusual tiredness, unusual sudden weight gain, mental and mood changes, ringing in the ears, hearing loss, Easy bruising and bleeding, stomach, uh, abdominal pain, yellowing eyes or skin, dark urine, muscle weakness, unwanted, uncontrolled movements, hair loss, and hair and skin color changes. That's true. Wow. 
Amazing. <laughs> really? Uh, well, I did. I, did. I thought you the... just knew that. No. <laughs> I know, sometimes I, I know feel that like sometimes... I'm expected to know that as a med student. So I, I know that sometimes I appear all-knowing, Miranda, but it's not true. Uh, uh, I feel betrayed. Dr. Armstrong says he's going to put his findings on this observational study into, quote, some kind of report. Uh, guys, oh, is, good. It, is it true that doctors can prescribe medicines to their patients without consent? I mean, uh, I've I seen it like, happen. Yeah, I feel I, like it I've, shouldn't. <laughs> I think it's I've only seen it really occur in the case of, you know, someone's got diabetes, give them metformin. It's kind of like for medications where it's almost a no brainer for at, at least me, a first year medical student to go to this drug right away um, for a drug that's been proven to be effective for a condition. If you're talking about something where hydroxychloroquine, at least to my understanding, has not been uh, approved by any major body for use for COVID, I think that foregoing informed consent in any situation isn't great. And especially mm -hmm. in the case where you're using an experimental drug on patients who don't know what the potential side effects are and don't know what they stand to gain or don't know what they stand to lose. So I think it's very important for physicians in any scenario, but especially this one, to sit down with their patients and say, you know, I'd like you to consider trying this drug. Here's what you stand to gain. Here's what you stand to have in terms of side effects. And most importantly, you know, here's what you stand to gain or lose if we choose not to put you on the drug. I think that yeah. conversation is most important regardless of what drug you're using. No, I definitely agree. Yeah. I mean, starting patients on pretty much any drug should have at least a conversation, even if you're like, yeah, we need to put you on this and this is a no brainer drug. It's still like, here's why I'm doing this. And especially if it's not a no brainer drug, which hydroxychloroquine is not a no brainer drug at this point. So Let, let's say you have a patient who is, um, uh, who, who is, uh, who suffers from dementia. Mm -hmm. Can mm -hmm. you, can you do a medication study on that patient? I think, oh, oh gosh, I'm going to get in trouble from like medical ethics or something. Cause this is like the exact thing I get wrong on practice question sets, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, you know, like we can, we can preface it by like, you can preface it by saying, I'm not sure what the ethics are. Yeah. Like I'm not sure, but like my knee jerk reaction would be no, unless they have like a power of attorney or someone who's responsible for their care that you discuss it with. And you're like, okay, yeah, go ahead and do this. Mm. Like, cause nine times, if yeah. someone is unable to give consent, they'll usually have like a family member or a friend. That's like the next person that makes their medical decisions. So like, it's not a question of, oh, well they can't consent. I might as well just throw things at them. But uh, yeah, and then there's the whole like I I know that physicians can prescribe off label, mm -hmm. like that's not that's not really a problem. But in this case, I feel like there's so many different there's so many different ways that this could go wrong. Maybe off label prescription is not the right way to 
the right thing to do. Yeah. I mean, you're going off label with patients who may or may not be able to consent. Um, yeah. And you're not going to know that unless you actually like talk about that with them and be like, Hey, listen, this is not what this label is for, but I think it could be helpful. And then they will either say, yeah, go for it. What do I have to lose? Or they will say, no, I would prefer not to, but either way now, at least you're asking. Yeah. I think the best option is always like transparency with the patient when possible or the patient family. And he seems to be brushing it off and saying, oh, doctors do this all the time. And that shouldn't be the case, except for, like you said, Brandon, like in life-saving condition, like maybe in the ER where there's a proven medication that's a no-brainer. But he's like taking advantage of a vulnerable population is what my impression is. Um, Mm -hmm. He thinks he's doing good, but I don't know. I think you're exactly right. At the same time, I can appreciate the emotions that this doc must be having. Uh, Doctors everywhere are having to deal with tremendous amounts of patient loss and the urge to do want to do something about it, I think, is is admirable. But the way that this gentleman has gone about doing it, I think, is less than admirable, admirable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I totally agree. It's to me, especially because like Marguerite said, this definitely taking advantage of a population that is, you know, a lot of them suffer from dementia, taking basically taking advantage of a disadvantaged population, which is just not okay to me. Like just because they're elderly and in nursing homes does not mean that you get like blanket right to take their medical care into your sole discretion. That's just not something that you can do. That's power we shouldn't have. So here, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just getting off my soapbox. It's really uh, vertigo up here. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the other question that, that I have. Um, Yep. That's gone. Oh yeah. Here's the other question. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Okay. Moving on. (laughs) The other question I have is, you know, this isn't, this isn't exactly science that he's doing, right? I mean, there's no control. There's no, I mean, what can he actually learn about, learn from this? Uh, just that it didn't, I guess he could learn that it didn't, that it might not hurt people, you know, for instance. He could learn that it's relatively safe in, yeah. this, in this group of people. Yeah, but I mean, he's already making that assertion to begin <laughs> yeah, with. Yeah, that's true. He's already mm-hmm. said that, you know. Uh, yeah. But he can't learn that it did anything. He can't learn that it saved them, for instance. he. Yeah, you're right. Like, he, no one after this could base clinical decisions on, like, the observations yeah. he made because of how, I don't know. Yeah. There's no control. and There's no value as an on. experiment here. I guess it's an yeah. interesting, yeah. It's an interesting I mean, case study, maybe an interesting ethical case yeah, study. Yeah, I was going to say, like, observational trials are a thing, like, but... This to me, it just feels like, I mean, you're right. There's many other ways he could go about it if he really wanted to do a scientific study, but it sounds to me like he just kind of wanted an excuse. And if you're like, it's a study, then you can kind of start to tell yourself that, well, if I don't, you know, tell them what I'm giving them, then that, that makes it okay because it's a study. So so you're speculating he's sort of self-rationalizing his desire to do something yeah. To do something in this yeah. case and sort of, yeah, it could be. Disclaimer, I don't want to judge anyone's hey, character. Look, who the hell knows? Pro bono. Who so, the hell knows? He could be Jesus. I don't know. but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he also did an interview uh, more recently. He also did an interview with an independent news site called The Texan. Uh, in which he said that thirty-eight that that of 38 elderly patients in his five-day experiment, 
Only one died of COVID-19 and another died after she'd recovered. Um, so I don't know for whatever that's worth, uh, in this non peer reviewed. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of raw data going on. Yeah. Especially that it's like, I'll write it up somewhere. It's like, well, that's definitely not how things work. I'll do a thing. That's what I yeah. always say when I'll people like, are like, Hey Dave, later. Dave, what are you going to do? What are you going to do with this, uh, this idea you have? I'll do a thing. <laughs> All right, don't you worry about something. it and it'll be and it'll be something <laughs> yeah so like understand the motivation but maybe not the best way to go about it no all right hey you guys remember when uh pass fail step one was the thing everything was everybody was worried about yeah. mm -hmm. yes <laughs> yeah good times it haunts my dreams <laughs> <laughs> who cares now uh well it's just gotten Life has gotten a lot worse. Uh, oh. Tragic news from Washington this morning as Dr. Deborah Burks's scarf has died in what doctors have spec speculated may be a case of overwhelming grief at having to attend yesterday's COVID-19 briefing <laughs> by, the, by the president when he suggested doctors should look into injecting disinfectants as a treatment. <laughs> I thought this was a joke when I saw it online. Not, not a joke. Uh, not surprised at all, though. Uh, not a joke. I'm going to attempt to screen share this uh, bad boy. How do we do this? Because I, I want you to look at uh, the good Dr. Burks. Dave, I'm sad that I don't have a webcam so you can see the uh, crushing disappointment that in my face that is upcoming. Uh, look it in the eye. <laughs> Please install the Zoom audio device. What are you talking about? Please restart your audio sharing application and continue. Okay, this is good because we're having technical difficulties while my cat is using the litter box like six feet from me. So apologies if that comes through in the recording. Yeah, my cat is getting hungry. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. My cat's sleeping. Oh my gosh, I don't have a cat. <laughs> I think I need one. Now. You need a cat. You need one. Apparently, yeah. adoptions. Apparently, uh, animal adoptions are like, are like uh, a big. There's not very many cats up for adoption at the animal shelter, which is pretty rare. Usually, they've got a lot. Yeah. Well. So yay. Hopefully, uh, ho hopefully uh, those cats have found good homes and not uh, yeah. homes that yeah will, yeah that will go away later when, mm -hmm. if and when things return to something resembling normal. Here we go. So supposing we hit the body with a tremendous, uh, whether it's ultraviolet or just very powerful light. And I think you said that hasn't been checked, but you're going to test it. And then I said, supposing you brought the light inside the body, you can, which you can do either through the skin or uh, in some other way. And I think you said you're going to test that, too. Sounds interesting. Right. And then I see the disinfectant where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection inside or, or almost a cleaning? Because you see it gets on the lungs and it does a tremendous number of the lungs. So it'd be interesting to check that so that you're going to have to use medical doctors with. But it sounds it sounds interesting to me. Oh, my gosh. So, oh, no. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is like watch people die inside. I know. So, mm -hmm. so if you, I'll, I'll describe this for the listener. I, I kind of, I mean, I know this is an audio podcast, you guys, but I couldn't help but share this video. And just, I will just Google it. Just Google yeah, it. I'll put a link to it at theshortcoat.com. You can check it out for yourself because it's effing brilliant. Um, while President Trump is explaining his idea, uh, the camera or the, the, 
the, the uh, view is zooming in on Dr. Burks. She sits there in one of her many beautiful scarves. Ugh. And you can see the moment where she's like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. She's mourning the death of something. Yes. It looks like. Something. Yeah, this is she's clearly transitioned from one stage of grief to another <laughs> in this image. And there are at least two kind of deep breaths <laughs> as she looks away from Trump and down to the floor. Yeah. Uh, it really is. Like, if you go on the subreddit, watch people die inside, that's exactly what Dr. Burks is experiencing. Yeah. What I'm picturing is little Timmy has just told Dr. Burks here that through an accident, um, little Timmy accidentally shot out the dog's eye with a BB gun or something. Uh -huh. And she's got this, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed look, <laughs> intermixed with the grief of knowing that little Timmy's dog is missing an eye now. Yeah. I mean, this is... Okay. Very specific emotion, but very accurate. <laughs> yes. I don't... I mean, and, and the best thing about the clip is that as soon as he begins to talk about injecting, it seems almost like... I, I can't see what the photographers are doing, but I can hear in the background many clicking cameras. And mm -hmm. I think what's happening here, my guess is that what's happening here is they're all taking a picture of Dr. Burks. <laughs> I'm also hearing some yes men in the background. Yeah, there is a yes oh, man. Oh yeah. I can't remember Ugh. his name. He's a he's a he's a Also, just in case our listeners want to Google this and find more information, it's Dr. Burke's B I R X, which I never would have guessed from listening to it. So that's how you spell mm -hmm. her name. Yeah, yeah. I'll yeah, like I say, I'll put a link to it at the shortcode.com. Yeah. You can in the in the show notes. Uh you can uh check it out. Um doctors of course hasten to add uh hasten to remind Americans that this idea of injecting <laughs> disinfectants hasn't ever been a good idea. <laughs> Students uh I'm gonna pick on I'm gonna pick on uh Maggie. Maggie, can yes, I pick on you? You can. Perhaps you can explain to our listeners why injecting disinfectants isn't the standard of care yet for COVID nineteen. Yet. Well, I think on the very limited research that has been done around this, it's probably going to kill you. Yeah, how, it, do you? Do you? <laughs> but Maggie, I, I don't think that there's been a randomized controlled trial on this yet. You're right. I guess we'll have to like use common sense we uh, need phase that, three placebo studies <laughs> yeah when, when did you first learn that this was a bad idea and that that taking disinfectants internally was a bad idea i'm pretty sure there's a a poison sign on the disinfectant bottle isn't there yeah, did, were your did your parents explain to you like maybe as a child like hey uh, I don't think they even had to. Mima always told me not to drink bleach. <laughs> <laughs> this is very unfortunate. I will say this is very unfortunate um, because there have been recently cases of people ingesting things that they hoped would would cure themselves or prevent themselves from getting sick from COVID uh, from, from the coronavirus. Uh, I know Chubby Emu on uh, YouTube uh, just. Released two new or released a new video about two cases of people drinking uh, one one drinking uh, uh, ninety one percent rubbing alcohol isopropyl alcohol mm -hmm. and what that did and then another uh, in this, and in the same video of somebody uh, drinking uh, bleach oh no come on people oh. just stick to Everclear yeah <laughs> oh god I mean it's basically the same thing just no safer. it's not. <laughs> <laughs> 
Shabi Imu goes through great pains to de describe why isopropyl alcohol is not the same as ethanol. Oh, And if no, you've sorry. ever seen him, his hair is just as infuriated as well. Sorry, I lost track of the conversation. <laughs> oh, boy. I do not want to be known as that chick on the Shortcoat podcast that encouraged people to drink isopropyl alcohol. Yeah, we, dis we discourage that sort of thing here on the show. I will say the one thing, the one good thing that's come out of this is that it's got Tide Pods back on the trending page, which Amazing. For, for that to circle back around is just, yeah, we're living in incredible times. They're calling him the Tide Pod president. <laughs> yeah. And we uh, thought that when memes die, they die for real. Yeah. <laughs> Unless the president resurrects them, which yeah. is a bizarre statement. <laughs> yeah, right. I wonder if we'll get any pushback from listeners on this, on, on what we're talking about. Please, please write us because I mean, how you know, could we get this, pushback this on this? Seems, <laughs> this seems this seems so blatantly, obviously wrong. How yeah. could we yeah. get pushback? <laughs> I don't. I know. don't know. I don't know. We're politicizing a national crisis, Dave. Come on. I'm politicizing nothing. I am just very <laughs> amused mm -hmm. <laughs> by. Uh, I'm politicizing and, and the crisis, and it's sort of a you know. If I don't laugh, I'll cry amusement. Sure. <laughs> For sure. But, you know, that's the... I Look, I'm not one of those... I cannot take life seriously. It can't be done. Mm. You know? I'm in the same boat with you, Dave. I'm yep. the guy in the meeting who's giving suggestions on what we might do that are absurd because they just occur to me and make me laugh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Here's, You're here's the comic relief. Here, well, I don't know if I am the comic relief, but I know that for me, I am. Um, for instance, uh, yesterday in the Medical Arts and Sciences Committee meeting where we were discussing uh, the Medical Arts, Medical Medicine and Society 1 and 3 courses um, and how they went last year. I started off the meeting by, by uh, while we were waiting for it to begin, um, by telling everybody about um, some new software, some, a new website I'd learned of called Bueller. Have you heard this? Heard of this? Mm-mm. You can use it to sign into your Zoom classes automatically so that you don't have to wake up and go to class. <laughs> Had to happen sometime. I just It really did. The depths to which students will go to just get out of anything. Yeah. <laughs> which I, I full respect, but still. I think Carrie Burnett, who's uh who's uh, one of our uh, one of our curriculum managers, like the person in charge of the preclinical curriculum was a little annoyed at me for sharing this during <laughs> <laughs> I think she already knew about it, but I think she was like, Dave, why would you bring that up here? <laughs> I can't help it. Uh, yeah, don't do that. You hurt yeah. nobody but yourself by doing that. Just get out of bed. Good Lord. Go to sleep or early. Stay in bed. You don't have to Keep get out of bed. That's right. Off. You don't even have to get out of bed now. You can just roll over, yeah. click a mouse, yeah. and lie there with your eyes closed. There, there, it's great. One thing that Bueller offers is uh, the ability to loop a video of yourself so that it looks like you're actually there. What? Mm -hmm. The naming has to, is, is on point. Yeah. A totally. <laughs> oh. Absolutely. Oh, I just got that. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> High five, Kenzie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't recommend you use this. I'm no. pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that this the existence of this uh, website is sh is to be short because as soon as Zoom mm -hmm. realizes what's happening, yeah. they're going. To yeah. Start. Imagine if they charge like a dollar. They do. You know, like just they do. They do. It's really cheap. Wow. It's that like, is very good business sense. You buy credits. They're under a dollar. Uh, you buy credits, and so I I guess uh you know I'm gonna guess one credit per per sign up or whatever per per meeting. So wow. I might take advantage of it. 
Personally. It's like, save your money, go to class. I wouldn't pay money to skip class. I would just go to class, turn my camera off, and then go back to bed. But mm-hmm. you're a nerd, Miranda. <laughs> Did you not just hear me say how I sleep through class? <laughs> Clearly, I'm a rebel. <laughs> whatever you think, Miranda, whatever you want to tell the world. Thank you. All right, I have a, another listener question. <gasps> Yay! Uh, so here we go. My favorite. Here we go with this. Hey, Short Coats, what's going on? I called in a little while ago asking about how to make the most out of going to class. I think my name was something along the lines of Lectures Bore Me, which was funny. Just wanted to follow up <laughs> and say thanks. I'll definitely try the things you guys talk about. I appreciate that. Big Hawkeye Wrestling fan. If you guys could somehow find Spencer Lee and get him on the podcast, that'd be great. Don't know who that is. And also, I wanted to ask, especially, you know, in light of being home among the pandemic, how do you guys deal with family members, especially like young med students like M1, M2, asking you questions like you're already a physician? Like, when they ask me questions, I'm like, guys, I graduate in May with a degree in chemistry. Like, ask me about hexagons. I don't know. (laughs) I've decided that when I go home for Christmas next year after, you know, like three weeks of medical school, I'm just going to decide that. Everything's cancer until proven otherwise. Yeah. So, yeah. Let me know. Thanks. Yeah, that's actually true. Everything is cancer. Yeah. Much. Um, I've kind of taken it as, as like a way to practice my interviewing skills. And yes. then at the end say, yeah, I have no idea. Go see your doctor. <laughs> um, because my family doesn't see their doctor nearly as much as I think they should. And so to, to practice interviewing skills, maybe come up with like a differential in your head. And this is a skill that, you know, takes a while to learn even when you're in medical school and then just punt it to say, you know, go see your physician if they're coming to you with personal medical stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I've kind of learned to start taking this as a learning opportunity. Like the questions that my parents will sometimes bounce off of me because it's like, oh, have you learned about this in medical school? And I'm like, well, no, but I'm going to go find out. Like I've actually learned quite a decent amount about how the virus works and the different strategies we're using to combat it, which has actually been quite helpful. So I just kind of take it as, well, I don't know, but that's interesting. I'm going to have to go look that up, which I have time mm-hmm. to do now. <laughs> that's why we do Yahoo Answers. <laughs> that's not really why. <laughs> <laughs> I usually tell them it's whatever I studied that day. So that too. I'd be like, oh, my foot hurts. And I'm like, asthma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I usually just try my best to see if I could figure it out. But I also tell them, like, hey, I wouldn't listen to me. Like, because, you know. Yeah. Just a first year med student. Yeah, it's like a legitimately good opportunity to do self-review is what I found. It's like when my parents will ask me about stuff, I'm like, okay, well, if I were to approach it from this way, and it's like practicing, so. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I don't have the energy to put up with those types of questions. So That's true. It it very much depends on how frequent the questions are. Yeah, right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Especially if it brings back some PTSD with like immuno or something like... Mm. yeah oh i was like i was i'll just ignore it i'll just feel like i don't know yeah Mm -hmm. i was going over like b cell and t cell responses with my parents the other day because we were talking about like covid vaccines and it was Mm -hmm. like oh gosh i've forgotten everything (laughs) you and me both (laughs) my father was a pa and whenever i would ask him medical questions that he didn't have the answer to he would say well guess we got to (laughs) amputate that's a classic yeah such a dad response yep 
I would hey look that's that's where I would go if I were him look if if uh if medical history has gotten us this far by amputating anything we don't understand it's got to work right yeah yeah it's an observational study right there <laughs> i just realized this is like a good lesson to never ask an m1 or m2 anything because like when you're doing your undergrad stuff what they teach you about is the interesting stuff and all the interesting stuff is like cancer or will kill you so like they don't teach you about the benign stuff until you're like later on in clinical because that's when you'll see it more so mm-hmm. it's like never ask an m1 anything because it's usually they'll say it's fatal so oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> or worse than webmd yeah. we are yeah, that's the worst. That's the worst. <laughs> Thank you for uh, coming back to ask us your question. Um, yeah, I, I love Miranda's idea of using it as a learning experience. But again, she's a nerd. Um, <laughs> Fair. I remember when nerd was a bad thing. I know. I remember. Do you remember when, think, were you around when nerd was a bad thing? I think it was like when I hit middle school or high school, it was starting to become a good thing again. Mm -hmm. Like I remember when I was really young, I think hearing nerd as a derogatory thing, but then like it slumped and came back up when I got back to high school. So now nerd is cool. When when I was in, uh, uh, I guess, grade school, nerd was the worst possible thing you could be. It was the worst. And uh, and then at some point, like, you know, even attractive people started calling themselves nerds. I don't know when that happened, but it did happen. Mm-hmm. People who were like jocks and, and you know, like, oh, yeah, I'm kind of a nerd. I'm a nerd. I like, well, I like comic books. I'm a nerd. Well, because now the worst thing you can be is a millennial. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True. All right. Well. That is our show. Thank you for being my co-host today, you guys. That was kind of a downer ending. Well, you know, <laughs> I think it's a positive ending. I mean, here yeah. we are. We've reclaimed our nerd, right? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. The positive. revenge of the nerds. That's right. <laughs> that was the peak of that was the peak of negative nerd. I was gonna say mm-hmm. good reference. That's when it. That's when it all started to go back the other way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Because nerds can be sexy. Nerds are sexy. Uh, yes. Thank you for being my co-host today. Uh, Thanks, Dave. Yeah. Thank, what, you. thank you, Dave. Thank you. And what kind of person would I be if I didn't thank you listeners uh, for making us a part of your week? If you're new here today and you like what you heard, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever fine podcasts are available. Hopefully we're there. And if we're not, I want to know about it. I remind you that your questions are vital to the show because they mean the show can be what you want it to be about. Be like Lex and Noodles. Send questions and comments to the shortcuts at gmail.com where you can leave us a message at 347 short ct we'll talk about it on the show while your podcast app is open give us some more stars and a review because we want to know if we're doing right by you the show is made possible by a generous donation by carver college of medicine student government and ongoing support from the writing and humanities program our opening music is by dr vox and our closing music is by catmosphere talk to you in one week bye bye